It's a good show. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right. It's drinky fun time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Drinky Fun Time. I'm Dan Dunn, alongside the inimitable Emma Patterson. By the way, that's a little test I do if I can say inimitable. By the end of the show, I probably won't be able to say it. But now I can say it. Inimitable, inimitable, inimitable. And that's it's, you. it's apt that you are testing yourself, given that we've already had a little drinky fun time before the show. We have, because we're, we're at... Tell them where we're at. Tell we them are in Los Angeles. Uh, we're also at Hinoki and the Bird. Did I say that right? Hinoki. Hinoki. Hinoki and the Bird. Yeah, it's a really lovely restaurant. And uh, we've been so lucky because they've just taken over the place for this beautiful event today. The Cote d'Uron. Cote d'Uron, which yeah. is a uh, wine region in France. Uh, and they're pouring tons of wine from the Cote d'Uron here. And we've had some already. And we're going to have some more on the air uh, throughout the show. Uh, and we're going to have somebody talk us through it. And he's sitting with us right now. He is. And um, we're excited also because this is a special French wine event because they brought in a, another Brit Listen to me. A Brit has come today to do to just teach us a little bit about ourselves. He's an artist. He's an incredible artist. He's going to join us after this. But I want to ask Jonathan. Have Jonathan you Cristaldi, by the way. Like, can Hello. We, can we clap it up for Jonathan? Jonathan is a wine uh, expert. He's a sommelier. He writes about wine. He knows his wine. And he's here to drop some knowledge on us today. Have you learned more about wine through art today, Jonathan? Art. Yeah. God, I thought we were talking about beer today. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is the wrong... I'll drink beer. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. Beer. Well, by, by yeah. way, just to set the stage for what I'm saying here, the reason bring up art is because they're in, in addition to having all these wines that they're pouring, Joe Cruz, the artist from London, is here, and he's doing this interactive thing where they, they take a photo, and we did this earlier, take a photo of you, and then teach you how to do some funky art. Uh, I don't know how this ties into wine. Yeah, but you might be probably asking, tell us. Yeah, how does it tie? How in? does this tie into wine? So I think I actually had a chance to talk with him. I love this idea. I said, you know, what? Why are why are we doing this? And why why chalk? And his his response was, the chalk is this very uh, sort of you know. It's it's instant it's instant gratification. It's visceral. It's got texture. It's it's you know uh, it crumbles in your hands. It's a little bit like the soils it of is. wine. There's a minerality to the chalk. Uh, yeah, and a, tex- a texture. If you were to eat that chalk, you know, we prob- it, you'd probably get some of it. We talk about that in wine. Sometimes. And by the way, I Ch- ate texture. a lot of chalk when I was a child. Did Can you, you tell? Can you tell? I yeah, can hear teeth. See, yeah, see it? Yeah. Kind of. Had, I think <laughs> it might have had some long-lasting uh, impact on me. As well. But go, no, go ahead. No, and I think that that uh, that is something that the Rhone uh, Valley wine people do very well. They like to do these uh, these uh, interactive things that get you thinking about wine outside the glass. If well, you that's will. you know that's kind of thing. Emma and I were talking about this on the way over, and that's that's such a big part of wine. It's not just you, you don't just sit down with a glass. Wine is so experiential, right? So when you can do things like this, you remember. You remember that day that I had the wine and I made the portrait of myself that's hanging on my wall, and and that that unlike I think any other alcoholic beverage, wine really is connected in people's brains to experiences, not just the flavor of the wine, but where was I, who was I with? 
Yeah, it's connecting these dots, too. Yeah. And so, like, the great thing about having chalk, for instance, you're, you're, you know, you're seeing it flake and all this stuff, and he's talking about it, and it sounds really esoteric. And then you take a sip of wine, and it's gritty, you know, and it's got that texture. It's got something that makes you go, oh, now I kind of understand what they mean when they say there's a chalkiness or a minerality. I'm holding a piece of chalk. I'm holding a piece of mineral. So you can make those connections, which I think is, you know, that's, that's helpful because a lot of people come to these events, and they just get their glass, and they just kind of bounce around, and they bounce into one another, and they stick their glass down. We've been doing some bouncing. <laughs> we've been, do- that's we've been sure. bouncing a little bit. Bouncing I've been around. We've... Uh, so for everyone listening, um, it must sound like a bizarre thing, but what we've been doing is we've been having photos of ourselves taking black and white photos mm. while learning about the wines and, and obviously enjoying them. And then Joe has come around and literally told us, like we were children, to you take a, a big old chunk of, of chalk, put it in your left hand. With, I'm right-handed, yeah. so that was awkward for me. And then draw the person you desire least, damn done. And <laughs> I, I don't know, my worlds were just all sort of colliding at once. I was like, wait, left hand and damn. But I learned a lot, Dan. Do you know what I learned? I like you more than I thought because it was good. There you go. She did good. She did a gentle photo. Did she? She did it. Her artwork of me is very flattering. Delicate. Um, uh, Let me, Jonathan, let me ask you. So this is a Cote de Rhone. Tell us a little bit about the region. Let the, how, what is it about the Cote de Rhone that is special, especially now as we got summertime coming up, and that, that region, I think, personally, is kind of tailor-made for summer wines, but tell us a little bit about the region. It is. It's, uh, you know, okay. In terms of value, and we hear this word thrown around a lot, um, it is epicenter for value, so, you know, let's take the 3,000 uh, view here, right? So we're in France, we're down in the south, we're south of Lyon, Yep. So many, maybe, maybe a lot of your listeners have been to Lyon and indulged. Uh, most of the Lyonnais are drinking most of the Rhone Valley wines. Uh, so the Rhone, it's a fairly big area. They make a, a lot of wine. It's about, it's 125 miles actually from Avignon, which is, I think we're in the south, to Vienne at the top, 125 miles yeah, of, it, of this particular region. And if yeah. you think of that, if you compare that to like Napa Valley, you know, Napa Valley is... 45, 45... I think it's uh, about that. Yeah. So we'll have the fact checkers. 45,000 acres is Napa Valley. Yeah. yeah. So, so within the Rhone, there are these hierarchies. And this is where people get a little bit nervous about French wines. But here, let's make it very simple. There's, there's sort of wines that are made all over the Rhone Valley. And then there's wines that are made at the village level. They have village names. And then there are crews... Like uh, like Cornas or Cote Rotine. So explain that when you when you say crew for it, people listening, what does that mean? C R U crew, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a way uh, for the French. It's a, it's a system of organization, and it it's an, it's indicative that the wine uh, from the crew is uh, subject to stricter standards. So okay. stricter growing and and production standards, which in a, in a way then is indicative of, of quality, sure. arguably. And you're going to pay more for them. You're going to pay yeah. much more for okay. those. So, so the Rhone is a big value play. And, and we're talking about whites, rosés, reds. And uh, the predominant grape varieties that we have coming out of the Rhone Valley are uh, the, the, the famous Rhone Valley wines. You hear people say, well, what are those? Grenache, Syrah, Mourvedre. Uh, the whites are like Viognier, mm-hmm. Roussan, Marsan. Exactly. Uh, so, Jonathan, am I right? Sorry, I like to... I honestly don't know anything. So, hmm. listeners, if you know We're all about this, club. I'm sorry. But is the Cote de Rhone, is it a blend? So, the Cote de Rhone itself? Well, the area, obviously, is a place. But the if 
we it's obviously see this on lots of bottles of wine and what and as someone if you've not been to France or you're just a bit nervous about choosing one can you assume there's two or three of your favorite wines or is it sometimes in the glass yeah, yeah. it'll be a blend it, and and uh, it's hard to sort of know what that is unless you go to the website mm -hmm. you find some information about the wine and you know or you, you have a direct line to the winemaker or whatever it is but you can kind of assume that a, a, a number of those Rhone varieties are going to be in this in these wines and and because they're there's sort of a predominance of Grenache, Syrah, Merved for the reds, uh, Vignet and Roussan and Marsan for the whites, then it's, yes. And it's hard to say. It's just sort of like you have to do your research. So in the glass right now, we've got, we, we've got a glass of rosé. What is that? How do you pronounce that? The Tavel. Yeah, the Tavel. The Tavel. Chateau. Oh, it's from Chateau d'Acaria. Daiquiria. Chateau Daiquiria. <laughs> it's a daiquiri. So it's like a daiquiri in a glass. Yeah. <laughs> so this Tabelle, tell us about this wine, this this rosé that we're drinking. It's And I'm going to just, you know, when people at home, they're drinking rosé. This is a darker rosé, which means it's a little bit more extracted exactly. than, than the normal rosé. Yeah. Maybe the kind that we're used to drinking here. Why do they do that? Why do they leave it? Why do they get more of the... Because it's powerful. It's a statement. I mean, if you're like scanning rosés... Right in the grocery aisle, you like you're like, bam! What is that? Yeah. That is dark. Because it's almost like a That's, red wine. It almost it looks like a red wine. I, yeah. I've got to confess something, out. actually, and yeah. I hope you can put me right. Um, <laughs> if I see a, a rose of that color, and this is a really deep, deep, deep pink, I would probably make the wrong assumption that it's very sweet and that it's not something I want to to drink and I would actually avoid it uh, because I'm always going towards what we I think we call a blush. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and absolutely and, and you're wow. absolutely right. Wow. And but it wow. the, the color belies the actual flavors. Yeah. Tell us what you're getting there. This Emma. is not sweet. This is really not. It's actually very fruity, but it is light and super drinkable. Uh, probably too drinkable, Dan. I could drink <laughs> yeah. way more. And and it's a blend of a lot of grapes that you may or may not be able to pronounce. Burbalong. No, please try. Sinso, Claret, Grenache Noir, Mourved, Peak Pool, and Syrah. So it's a, it's a hodgepodge. Um, and Tavel's a unique little place because um, they only make rosé. That's like, all they make. That's what we do. So, so where in France is the hub of rosé? Oh, Provence. Provence, probably, right? That's, that's, what that's what the, yeah. the most famous. I mean, because cause everybody, because you go down there and all there, it's just the ocean and yachts and sailboats and what, what else would you be doing? drinking. And can you speak During a little the bit to the, to the rise of rosé? Because I don't really remember it that long ago, but rosé is so popular now. Absolutely. And what happened? You got people like me, wine writers, saying things like, hey, everybody, drink rosé all year long. It's yeah. a wine that so you don't just fault. have it. It's totally my fault. But you know what also you were saying? You were saying, hey, here's a rosé. That means you can drink before the sun's gone down. You can drink now all day long, this rosé stuff. Uh, That's all it's meant for. That's what I learned. On the ski slopes? Oh, really? You can. Magnum of rosé. A yeah. magnum? I mean. A what mag happened? Because so then they're like, when they're doing the postmortem, they're like, what happened to Dan? Well, he was drinking a magnum of rosé and didn't see the tree. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a bad way. <laughs> oh, stop. Come not on, a bad way now. to go. Um, so the other thing about rosé, I think, is, is it's such a versatile wine with food. Ugh. You can eat it with it. You can, I mean, you can, you can drink sure. it with anything. I mean, you can drink it with other drinks, too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can have, you can have a beer and a rosé at the same Emma time. Emma has a flask of whiskey in her in her. Uh, in her uh, <laughs> that's because if you're driving, that's, it makes yeah, me nervous. Right. A, but yeah. you're right. You're right. And why does it go well with food? Because it's light. It's crisp. It's, you generally has very nice acidity. And but if you all think about this, I mean, France is all about 
about um, food and wine. And they're like, here's what we cook in this region, in this area. And so they tend to make wines that go well with those foods. And yeah. so in Provence, which is, can you tell us, like, what is the main dish? Yeah, I think. Well, in the Cote d'Aron, you mean? Yeah. So with... With a wine like with a rosé like this, the the cuisine of the Rhone Valley is uh, is is a little bit more hearty. It can be a lot very hearty. If you think of uh, if you think of anything that you've had in Lyon, you think of like the famous Lyonnaise salad, right? With like frisé and lardon and like an egg on top, like oh, crack that hang open. On. That sounds amazing, right? Sounds and then delicious. and then this and then this rosé. I mean, yeah, this is a. Uh, do you any idea what the what the price point is on this rosé? You know, uh, I, I have no idea. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars a bottle. <laughs> no, but do- a honestly, I, I think there. Th- th- this, wait, wait, this wait, wait, it's coming I'm, in. I'm Hold getting, on, we're getting an answer. I'm calling my maybe about sixteen bucks a, a bottle ish. Sixteen big ones, which is really fabulous, isn't it? Thank you. Yeah. I set the prices. I actually set all the prices for the. That's not true. So, um, oh, Dan, I have a question. Yeah, yeah, go for so it. So I realized that I love white wine and rosé and. Um, but there's a lot of reds here, a hell of a lot of reds. Mm. That's a good thing. Uh, why is that? Why is there more red wine here today? Because people um, tend to drink more red wine, basically. Is that true? So the producers just make more red wine. No, it's not. I it's don't actually, know. I believe anything you said. Well, I'm glad. I, t- I keep telling you. Well, it's laws. There are laws Later, Emma's going to be telling stories at parties <laughs> and being like, yeah, well, you didn't know this. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> a lot of oh, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, Chris, and he's up laughing. That guy. Okay, in his cool. mansion in San Francisco. I'll, I'll have a glass of rosé and a beer, please, is what's going to happen. <laughs> and get thrown out of bars. Beer and rosé? Yes. Mean, so, Jonathan, one of the things you mentioned earlier when you are talking about value, okay, when you think French wine, you're thinking Burgundy, Bordeaux. I mean, it's a whole different universe, right, price-wise. Like, you're not getting... Good, good but, luck trying but, to afford... But what would you say quality-wise? I mean, there's this idea that you're obviously the, the best wines in the world are Burgundy, Bordeaux. Is it... Would, is it fair to say the Coderone has wines that are, you know, equal in that class quality-wise? Uh, un- undoubtedly. So why why so much? Is it just the reputation, or why is it? Why are you able to purchase these wines uh, so much? <laughs> I mean, more cheaply. I, if you look at the United States, it's it's sort of a mentality. You know, a French wine is super confusing anyway, and so like, oh, if there's a system that tells me uh, what is what is good, like the classification system in Bordeaux. That says, ah, here's a first growth. Oh, yeah. first, it's in first place. It must be great. $600 a bottle, whatever it is. Uh, you get, you get f- further away from Bordeaux, uh, you get into the Burgundy, and everyone gets really terrified because that's really confusing. But they know Burgundy is good. They just know that. And then, can, can then it's like the Rhone is... Like, Why terrified? Because you just hit the nail on the head there. Why is there that yeah. fear? It's... Okay, so I think it's probably like uh, if, you, if you go back to like grade school, right? And you're like, you're in third grade and they bring out the multiplication table and they're like, okay, you're going to memorize this. And you're like, oh, shit, oh my God. But you do eventually because you're forced to and your grade depends on it. Well, we're in the real world and people's grades or life doesn't really depend on memorizing the realities of, of this this region called Burgundy. If they did, they'd be able to buy better. Well, and that, it's also going back to your grade school thing. 
it's when you raise your hand and you get the answer wrong and you're embarrassed. So what do you do when you're a kid? You're like, I'm not raising my hand anymore. <laughs> and so it's kind of that thing. I think that people get so uh, intimidated they get, yeah. by a wine label yes, that they go, completely. I don't want to ask a question. Because, I mean, we're looking at this right now. There's all kinds questions. of stuff going on here. And, and it's like, well, what's the grape? What's the name of the, what, which one's the chateau? Which one's the place? What's the region? And you just go, oh, forget it. I'll take this. And then you look and you go, oh, the board, wine, I've heard of Bordeaux. Yes, it's going to cost me two hundred more dollars to get this, but I won't look stupid in front of my date. Right. So I'll order it. You Bingo. know, like, and that's kind of what goes on. Right. And but how do where do people start in terms of? So let's say they want to find out more about Coderone wines. Yeah. Where do they go? That's a great question. Well, they have an amazing website. <laughs> it's Rhone Wines. Rhone Dash Wines. R H O N E Rhone Exactly. And they can. Get in there. It's really, it's broken down beautifully. There are maps. I mean, you look at a map, and then you can click on the town over the map, and it'll say, read more, and you can read all about the grapes and all about uh, what's special about each of these appellations. Now, what about wine tourism over there? It's got to be an amazing place to visit. Oh, yeah. Because that's such a big part of wine as well. People want to go. They want to see where the wine's being made. They want to go, and it's got to be a hell of a lot cheaper to go there than to go to Burgundy, where you're not going to be able to get into a lot of these places. And yeah. Why yeah. is that? Uh, well, I mean, most of the most of the domains like DRC and so you're not getting in there, right? Any, any of the, any of the any of the first growth uh, Bordeaux places. That's all appointment only, and I think you got to. No, you could be, probably you could probably just pretend you're looking to import wine. You could go down to the Rhone and be like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm looking to import some wines," and just knock on people's doors, and they'll be like, "Come in, let me taste you on 25 wines." So tasting rooms that you get all over Napa and Sonoma. They don't do they it don't like that in France, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't do it like that. I know I'm misleading people, but yeah, like it, it, it's not like that situation where you're you're going to roll up to a place in in the Côte d'Or and go, "How much? 15 bucks? Great." It doesn't work no, like that. No, you've got to make appointments. I I think it's yeah, but it's it's going to be a lot easier to do it there than it's going to be in some of the more primo, and I don't mean quality wise. I just mean the, the more prestigious oh sure uh, regions of well, France. They're still excited to tell people about their wines, and here's a little little figure for you. I mean, uh, they export from the Rhone 33 percent of the wine that is made there. Most of it's consumed in the country, and of that 33 percent. We have a very small amount that comes to the United States. We're like third in line behind uh, Belgium and the UK. The UK are the biggest drinkers of, of Rhone Valley wines outside of the Rhone. Thank you. Thank so, you. Right. So, and you're, th- so yeah, Where's, thank you. What's the UK? <laughs> what is it? It's, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, they have kings and. It's an island. Pr- Just a little like, island. Care to speak and to this? You know, princes, Emma's from uh, Thistle Whistle. Princes. Thistle, what is it? Thistle, Shire? Whistle? Any of those, yeah. all of them. They're making sparkling wine there, but anyway. Joe, our, yeah, our student, Joe, Joe, Joe Cruz, the artist who's going to be joining us momentarily, he's from a place I understand, London. He mm. is London. Tottenham. What is the name of your place again? Tell me. Where are you from? Uh, the village that my sister lives in is called Oswald Twistle. Oswald oh Twistle. That's all one word. How do you spell it? Oswald, like the, the Lee man. Harvey, like Lee Harvey. And then yeah. Twistle, T-W-I-S-T-L-E. What is... Twistle is a word I think I hear a lot, or I imagine I hear it a lot. What's a twistle? It's I a candy, it's like, isn't it? A candy? No, thing? it's definitely it's like a, not it's a, a candy. Red um, I feel like it's probably something. I'm so sorry, I don't actually know. I would say it's probably something to do with like flowers and plants or something on a tree. Please Google it. And a tell twistle. Me. I'd like to know. Oswald Twistle. While you were explaining that, I was just thinking about how much 
it's your fault, the, the people from the UK. It's your fault that people are intimidated by wine. Because you, um, you, you guys all basically created the, the, all of the systems in place to, to, to judge wines. The snobbery. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. I think that's why I was interested and I, br I asked you the, the terrified question because I think that, and Dan actually summed it up, it's... A, it's we're intimidated by wine, and I think Napa does a great job. California does a great job of embracing it and being like, hey, come on, you don't need to know shit. Just yeah. come in and learn. Yeah. And in France, it's very much like we're holding our cards to our chest, and it's very like this is a special treat if you're let in, and not anyone can just rock up and drink this. And and they, I guess it's a history thing, too. They're it, trying to keep it all well, they're, and, you know, authentic. Of course, everybody knows the French are very warm and welcoming, and they want you to understand and be part of No. Okay. <laughs> uh, a twistle, by the way, is a fork in the road. Well, hmm. shush. A twi fork in the road. Um, let's, let's have a little more wine. Let's pop this. Great. Oh, there we go. This mm. nice. Oh, good. Let's pop it again. Oh, oh better. Softer. I liked it better that that's way. That's the so right way to What's open this one we're doing here? This is a, uh, okay. we're going to do a little. We're going to do a white. Because we're going to go rosé, white, red, and we will tell you awesome. whether it's worth it. Rosé so far, Coderone is winning. Emma, thumbs up. Loved it. Yeah, loved thumbs it. Thumbs up on that. Now we're going to go to white wine. What's this one, Jonathan? Yeah, so. And we're with Jonathan Cristaldi, by the way. Where, where do we find you on the uh, I write social about, medias yeah, and all that? You're I'm on there? At, I'm at J Cristaldi, J C R I S T A L D I. On Instagram oh, and uh, oh, I poured you right there. You oh, you did. did. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah. And uh, you can see my wine rating on, at Food and Wine uh, Food online, wine. which is which is exciting. Quit this bragging. <laughs> All right, what's this? John's jealous. You know, L A U D U N. Yeah. So let's loud done. I'm gonna pretend I'm the only loud done on this show. <laughs> bum bum. Go on. There must be a sound effect for that. <laughs> Lorden. <laughs> That's better than my. Yeah, Lorden is it? How do you say that? Lorden. Sicilian. Laugh. Laudon. Laudon. Okay, Laudon we're having, and this is a... And I'll be honest, I don't know anything about this wine. So, you know, the, what I can tell you is that it's got He's a very a simple this label. Song. Have we brought on And if I was in a wine shop and I saw this wine, I would probably be like, I don't know, but... But why would you say I don't know? Yeah, because because I've never had it, and and it says honestly, excellence. It's called excellence. It says excellence. Is it the year that's putting you off? It's a 2017. No, no, no. I think it's the it's the label itself. It's just uh, to me, it's a little cheap, and that's just that's just <gasps> you know. I, I would have to well, tell. I, don't think I would so. have to tell the the producer that that is a reality. It doesn't I look very French. It looks like kind of. I'm actually making a great point here, which is we're going to taste this wine. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to just, let's taste it. And well, let's not best. taste it. I mean, because do we let's don't do like it. to taste But if you taste it, I'll, I'll talk while you taste it. I think it's going to blow you away. It's a really special wine. It's a really unsuspecting label. Try it, Jonathan. The tension, you feel it? Mm. And the verdict is? Ah, delicious. Look at that. Delicious. That's how way, you taste wine. I mean, right delicious. Everybody listening, that was actually Jonathan, not Dan, even though Dan does that. <laughs> and it's, so this is a Slurping's a big part of wine tasting, isn't it? Slurping. Slurping. But Why slurp? Why do you slurp? It's critical. To get the air in amongst. It's critical. Yeah, in fact, uh, there's, a, there's a master sommelier friend, <laughs> friend of mine named Sir Lucero, who used to work at the French Laundry, and he, uh, he, he advocates tasting uh, with your mouth open and making like a fish. Like a like a, like a like a fish sucking air. Like this? He and he says you'll laugh at me, but I'm tasting way better than all of you. Let me see you do it. Let's let's, you. Hear, let's so hear this. I'm, I'm going to copy goes, Emma and Jonathan. Are oh, 
So it's like a little kid when you're trying to get a kid to eat and you go, nom, 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 nom. Bingo. Yeah. I mean. Here, you want to. Nom, 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 well, nom. I will say, yeah. if you can keep the wine in your mouth while you do that, you do get way more flavors. <laughs> you, you really do. It almost goes up my, it almost went up my nose. That's exciting. It's in yeah. my sinuses. And I'm that changes things up. In my right? sinuses. And you're in a room with like 20 people s sitting there real quiet going, you know, oh, 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 so, so everyone, and sorry everyone back yeah. home. But okay. if you put a little tiny amount in your mouth and then just gently. Chew it. You're like chewing it a little bit. You chew it. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Try and, and it stop does. it pouring it out. But I do have a question. Sorry, hmm. Jonathan. You mentioned the label, and obviously everyone is has got preferences. But I find, and this is a something I'm fascinated by, people buy wine based on the label. Yeah. I believe that. I really do. I mean, you look at the wine that we'll taste next. It's a wine by Jean-Luc Colombo. Uh, oh, and, and they're throwing you out of here, I Jonathan. Mean, <laughs> Already they're I'm getting sure. security I'm because sure. you bashed this I label. Know. They're I like, know. what do we do with they're this? Like, no, he's never going on a program again. So uh, coming, joining us now on the show, he's being put on his headphones. He's coming in. He is a an artist from London, England. Uh, he's here helping uh, people realize their artistic dreams and fantasies. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm, yeah. drinky, fun time welcome to Joe Cruz. Hello. 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 How are you, man? How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, good. Uh, Joe, you're in from London, mm -hmm. and you are art directing this thing. Tell yeah. us, tell us how this art. Tell us about you first of all, and then how it ties into what's happening here. Um, well, like you said, I'm a visual artist from London, and uh, so basically, the workshop that we're running today is like a, a fragment of my artistic practice, where people are using different materials. Um, like uh, found photography I usually use. So people are taking their own pictures, working on it. It's quite loose and playful, using a variety of drawing techniques, and then you create your own, hopefully, iconic portrait at the end. What Joe is doing today is probably, I think, has got to be the toughest job because not only are you trying to educate us in, in a new way of doing art, as I was saying earlier, like using your left hand, mm -hmm. not looking at the page, just looking at the, the whatever you're drawing, but also it's, a, what, 150 drunk guests? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm just crashing hard a bit because of the. I've just come in from LA for two days and I'm going back to London tomorrow. So like the jet lag's just. Would you like some wine? No, pick right, things up. Are you sure? It's a, just like woo. It's a little pick me up. Yeah, there. no, no, no. I better not. I think that's what killed me. It took me over the edge. But yeah. You're doing bet, a great job. Um, yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm and, hanging in there. Um, Joe, what you do is you actually repurpose photos. That's how you started, I mm -hmm. believe. You took black and white photos. Some well-known iconic people like Kate Moss yeah, yeah, and yeah. then other just beautiful photos from the 50s and the 60s and then you go and you add simple pastels and chalk. Yeah, yeah. It sounds super basic like it, uh, the thing is <laughs> very, very it easy. Almost, it's, it's, look, it's like very easy. No, it's good. It's do. good. It's it good. does sound basic. It's the thing good. is it's not. We just learned how not basic it's very hard. No, you were right. You did. That was nice. That one you did the drawing. I, you know what was nice. cool about it is the idea and, I, and obviously this is what is, is informing your own mm. art is mm. what I heard you basically saying was let go. Yeah, Use yeah, the yeah. different hand. Don't yeah. look at the paper. Mm. Do this. So how does, in terms of your own work, because I'm, I'm, we're seeing it here hanging yeah. up on the walls, yeah. what, what's your approach? You get, a, you, get a, you get a picture 
Well, no, I'm not really using like found photography anymore, but because I just find it too easy. Like it's too easy. Oh, for my there own. you go. You just said it yourself. I know, yeah. not so much that, but I know how to make the picture work. Do you know what I mean? I've been doing it such a long time, and I'm really interested in, you know, the structure and the discipline of drawing. So a lot of the techniques I'm teaching you are stuff I've done for years and years doing life drawing. I know that's the way I've learned how to draw, just doing hours and hours of life drawing. And through that, you know, I think I can make most pictures work. I know how to make a picture work. So what I do now is work with like found, uh, like film footage on YouTube. I find like really obscure films, and I'm just looking for like little fragments in them films that, you know, like jump out, speak to me in, in, in any way. And it's just much more engaging. You feel like an archaeologist. You're finding like a tiny little thing. You're capturing a moment. And it's, and it's not so staged. Like with the photography, it's, you know, I think you're buying into something. But with like a home video and stuff like that, it's a lot more so free. So you're saying you, just take, you can just take anybody's... I so, do. <laughs> something off. And are these things that wind up in, in art shows? In, in, yeah, you know? I do. I just use... Yeah, Does anybody ever come cheeky. and go, hey, man, what the fuck? That that's is an uh, interesting point, though. No. I hope I don't ask the wrong question no, here. That's but fine, yeah. uh, you know, say you, you have taken a, a you know, gorgeous mm -hmm. icon like Kate Moss yeah, from, yeah. from back in the early 90s yeah, when yeah. she was just starting out. Yeah. Does she then be, call you and be like, I loved it, but yeah. can I get some money, please? No, for the, all, so all the stuff which is, um, you know, like copyrighted photography-wise, I don't use that for my for any shows and things like that I just you know it's just it's just me playing really I just have fun with it but then anything else where I'm doing a show or obviously any commercial work and stuff like that I either work with a photographer or uh, yeah you know find a, a suitable source and stuff like that and work around that, and that issue. And this collaboration today obviously mm -hmm. with French Wine uh, is there have you got any sort of like deep love for French wine? What, um, what brings you It was here? funny, actually. The way, I, the way I got this project, I was in... Did I tell you that? I was in Avignon at the time, and the people from Avignon, from the Côte de Rhone, contacted me, and I was in the city centre of Avignon. It by was chance. so weird, by chance. And I just started dating this French girl, and she's from Avignon, so she took me to Avignon, and while I was there... Um, yeah. Well, you Give didn't me a really break. need. You didn't <laughs> really need a bigger up. sign than that. This is like magic. So I was just like, yeah. It so was meant to be. It was meant to be. It seemed pretty coincidental. Wow. So that was nice. That sounds yeah. really. Well, also, for anyone back <laughs> home who, uh, please look up Joe's work. It's Joe Cruz, and it's really just. I don't want to say simple. I don't think it's simple no, at it all. Simple. Having just it tried, is, it's but simple. The, it is a good way. It's simple. It's primitive. It's raw. That's what it is. That, but it's yeah. real people, real situations that you have added so much more to. But your your markings and the way mm. you do it, it's it, you're trying to tell a story or highlight a, a moment. And it's just emotion. It's it's just like raw emotion. That's what it is. Well, I'm it, not going to try to It is warm. I've actually found one of your uh, things online, and it's yeah. very emotional. Right here. Listen, this one. Ow! Ow! Jolly! Jolly! That really hurts! Feel the emotion? <laughs> that was that was what I was really happy with that piece. I think that's one of my strongest I, today. This has done so well, hasn't it? Mm. Must have really highlighted one, your was, work yeah. really, really well. Charlie bit his finger again, uh. and and you can go and, and see it what Joe more did to it. Yeah, yeah it real, in, in Joe's version, the finger comes off. It's yeah. gruesome. That is, yeah, yeah, horrible. It was really fun. You got to be. You got to go for it. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but could you do that? You can't take something like iconic like that, or could you? Um, could I they sue you for something? I think you should now. That'd be good things I take are really obscure and it's not like I'm taking so if you imagine like a scene is well, I know I use my hands you can't see this but I'm taking like a tiny fragment less than like a, a quarter of that scene 
of a you like know, stills. Yeah, so okay. like if the scene's this big, like on the YouTube video. Like a television, small TV. Yeah, small. <laughs> <laughs> as big as these two hands, and it's just I don't know, you know, like one tenth. There's like a tiny little. I see something in there, and then I just like screenshot it with my. You know, on the so computer. that could be my chin. Yeah, in, it's in literally like, so if you lot are sitting here like that, I might just pick like this little part here and that's the way it works. So all them images you see on my, you know, the last like year of, you know, of my work on Instagram and stuff like that is all tiny little fragments where no one's ever going to be able to find what that is. That's interesting. Do you drink wine though, Joe, too? Or is this yeah, a, yeah, what's your yeah. connect? Are you just... Well, <laughs> you have a connection to wine, a personal. Do you like it? Or? I like wine. You know, I drink. I can't admit to being any sort of connoisseur of wine, but I enjoy drinking wine with my meal. Yeah, I you do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But wait, if your girlfriend is from a wine region yeah, in France, well, she, she you might know <laughs> she knows a, a lot thing more than two. me. She obviously, she knows a lot more than me. She gets me onto it a lot more. You know, I well, just enjoy it, and it's nice, whatever. I hope by the time this amazing day is over and you've taught all these grown drunk adults or something, I've just learned a lot just from those few moments you spent with us. But if there are two or three tips you could give the people listening to push themselves out of their comfort zone creatively, could you share anything like that? Well... I suppose, like, drink wine, drink wine, and drink some more wine, oh. isn't it? There we go. <laughs> don't wear underwear. Don't wear. That's don't what I find. All, that helps. That, that makes helps. it really uncomfortable. I write, I write, and I find when I don't wear underwear, just I'm much more creative. Yeah, just go for it. It is, just you know, it it's, it's a traditional thing. It's just be free, let go. Don't just lose your inhibitions a bit. Don't be so precious about what you're drawing. Who cares? That was what was great because I noticed when we were doing the drawing, people got a little uptight when you're because yeah, you're like, no, don't look down, no. and they're like, wait, wait, yeah. what, what if I go outside the borders? Yeah. And you've got to really crack that whip. You've got to I mean? do it. It's, it's like it, tap into that inner child. Kids yeah. don't give a shit. No, right? that's like, it. Like, that's yeah, why it's so much better. All yeah. them kid drawing. That's what happens. That you know, children have that sort of innocence, and they're drawing so pure and beautiful. And then you go through like a school system, and it's all about you know getting the marks and jumping through hoop and then and then you try to go back to art school and it's about breaking down them barriers again do you know what i mean and anyway right right. i was actually i was actually really upset uh by the exercise because the guy who drew me yeah they kept making me really round and so i started to am like am i do i need to take a hint here like very round you look good face was like very (laughs) round okay thanks so i feel great i'm I'm going to take that away from Jonathan, this Jonathan, have more wine. You'll Thanks. feel better. Okay. Well, listen, Joe's got to go lead another uh, <laughs> another uh, uh, show here World before show. this thing ends. But I, I just so Joe, one more time, where, yeah. do, we, where do people go? They want to find you online and um, look at your work. My uh, probably best on Instagram. Great. So it's uh, uh, J Cruz. That's J C R U Z underscore art. And yeah, you okay. find me there. I'm All right. Thanks for having me. Right, man. Thanks for having you. Cheers. Thanks for being here. Go Cruz, everybody. All right, we're going to wrap it up. we got one more wine we're going to drink here with Jonathan Cristaldi. And Jonathan, tell us about this one. This is the red we're going to. Yeah. Jean-Luc Colombo. Yeah, it's we, kind of a well-known wine from Cote Yeah. It is. And we were talking about, we were sort of uh, getting into the idea that, like, a, you know, labels are really uh, impactful in terms of buying. All of Colombo's labels are really beautiful. And, you know, uh, a lot of them are uh, uh, drawings from his daughter. These are drawings that his daughter had done. Oh, oh, no really? kidding. Yeah. Okay, so we recently had uh, Stephen Amell on from Arrow. Same thing. Andrew's uh, his, and, and Andrew, the, they, the kids, 
basically drew the wine labels. Yeah. Amazing, right? Yeah, and that's kind of a cool I mean, like, idea because it's cheap labor. It's super it's cheap. I mean, labor. the amount of money it People costs. People think like right. you can hire a guy, ten grand, or I can have my fucking kid do it, Bingo. and it's nothing. You know, like kids, like yeah. <laughs> People don't think of things like this. Yeah. Dan's right, and I was just thinking about Andrew's grandfather being on the front of one bottle. Which that was, was another one, but no, remember the one with the unicorn, and then the kid do it, and the castle. Why and don't the they just make the kids make the wine? You know what I didn't want to say to operation. them. I just felt like they were targeting children. Is this you right here? Yeah. You know, yeah. You've got Fill wine with a castle, a unicorn, a hey. duck, and a pond. I well, thought kids as we said before, this. you have more wine, more and more wine, you're tapping into your inner child. In fact, if you have enough wine, by the end, you're curled up in the fetal position crying like a baby. Mm. That's mm. what I, Oh, mm. sorry. Am I is that what, is that what, is That's what usually that happens what to me. Normally? <laughs> by the end. Okay, everybody. I've had a sad... <laughs> I, I ate a lot of chalk as a child. I, I don't know if I told right. you that I had a lot of chalk. <laughs> Cheers on this, by the way. So tell us about this wine here. Bring us home, Jonathan. Mm, Bring this, us home. This is this is what the Rhone is all about. This is hearty, rich, meaty, delicious. It's a blend of Grenache, Syrah, Morvet. It's dark. You can see it in the glass. But it's also just, like, powerful. It's got great aromas, you know? Like, I mean, your people listening can probably smell this yeah. wine through, 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 the, through the podcast. Um, it's, that, it's that good, and it's just delicious, you know? Again, it has the yummy factor. And it's, like, it's fruity, but it's earthy. And that's kind of what the Rhone is all about. It's, I'm getting earthy over. Yeah, over I am too. The, the Rhone, you know, the French people are so about, you know, you hear this word terroir. What does that mean? It means basically that, you know, wine is of a place. This is of a very specific place. This is, this is uh, you know, the, the, um, the Cote du Rhone. This is Jean-Luc Colombo's snapshot of the Cote du Rhone. And, like, if this is what the Cote du Rhone tastes like, like, awesome. Yeah, and it's, Drink more uh, of this. it's not, I don't think it's an inexpensive bottle. No, oh, it's, it's <laughs> about 13 bucks, yeah, right, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, um, I mean, you know. This is a great, hey, you're having a party? Yeah. You can't go wrong with this, and so it's, no, it's the it's, Las Weekend. How do you say that? Uh, we have somebody who speaks French here, right? Yeah, what, how do you say that? Las Abeilles. Les, les Abeilles. Les Oh, well, you, know, you, you can That's leave the off disembodied the end if you voice. want. That's the disembodied voice of Google <laughs> that we have here on the show. Google, Siri, Siri, how do you say that? Les Abeilles de Colombo Coturon. See? There you go. That's not you get how that? it's That's a 2016. He's making that up. Siri's full of shit sometimes. I'm telling you that much. <laughs> 2016, it's like 13 bucks a bottle. Yeah, and you can get more expensive wines but uh, from this producer. But, I mean, he also... So that's the beauty That's the beauty of the Rhone. You get producers that make very inexpensive, very value-driven wines, and then ones that are a little bit more pricey for Well, I'm going to go crazy here, and I want to ask you this. Can you do this? Because I kind of feel like it would work. Can you put this on ice? This red wine? A little bit. Can you chill it at least? Can Let me you tell you something. Yes, absolutely. You know, get some liquid nitrogen, freeze a bottle <laughs> get of this. Get some liquid nitrogen. Crack it up. <laughs> just like so you're chunks. not diluting. Yeah. But, no, but I mean, you could do no, you could and, do this cold. And I would certainly, by the way, let's drink all your wine chilled. Like all of it. Every All your reds. Like really? You, chill. you like them? I, I pop my reds in the fridge for like 25 minutes before I pop the cork. Uh, and it's just, when people say uh, room temperature or cellar, you know, they say room temperature, they're talking about <laughs> um, castles. Like room sure. temperature used to be in, ca in castles where it was cold, you know, like 50 yeah. degrees. Uh, that's where that came from. It's just been carried into the new world somehow and we keep... You know, what is it in your house? 72 degrees all the time? Do you want to wine at 72 I degrees? I live in Venice. So it's, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> it's always warm. It's always sunny in Venice. Um, That's why you so don't like wear 55, underwear. So, like, 55 degrees, 50 degrees around there? For, for yes. The, yeah. 
f f yes, if you've got one of those fancy wine fridges, awesome. If you don't, go out and buy one of those laser, you know, thermometers. Sure. <laughs> That's yeah. what I do. Pop it in the fridge, and when it hits like 55, bam, it's ready, ready to, to go. go. Yeah, this is, it's really delicious. Um, so, again, if you're going to go, you want to find, what's the website again if you want to find out about the Cote Rhone? Yes. Rhone. Dash wines.com. Roan dash wines.com. Yep, wines. And where find Rhone. you on the internet? Where, Jonathan? You'll find me uh, at uh, jonathancristaldi.com or on Instagram at, at jcristaldi. Emma, where are you found on the Instagram? Oh, don't bother. At Drinky Fun Time. I never hmm. post. Go, hey guys, if you're, if you're out there listening, go to our Instagram because we post the best pictures of stuff. Dan, it's all you a do. Video. There's a video up there now that. Producer Bo did. Uh, it's an amazing video of, um, what's that guy's name? Stephen Amell from a couple weeks ago. Uh, and maybe we'll put some video up there of Jonathan. Stop. Although you are looking a little round. <laughs> oh, no. Did I? Oh, come on. Talking about the one. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say it. Sorry, I apologize. Um, hey, man, anything you want to add to this? I am full of knowledge and wine. Goodness, it's delicious. Well, you know what time it is? You know what time it is, don't you? Time to end this fucking show. <laughs> I want to thank Hanoki uh, and the Bird for having us. I want to thank the Coderone. I want to thank Jonathan Cristaldi, Joe Cruz, and of course all of you and Emma and producer Bo. And you, Dan. Thank you. Oh, thank you. What a pleasure. <laughs>